Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, today I've got the great James Cummings, the voice of Pooh, Tigger, Drake Mallory, so many other fantastic guests and stars on all of these cartoon TV shows that we used to watch as kids and now as adults. James, how are you, sir? Life is good. I'm hanging in there and, and all is well. Everybody, I, my family is happy and healthy and you know, daddy's rich, mama's good looking. <laughs> that is a fantastic tag. If you don't have a book out yet, please tell me that that's going to be the tagline for your book. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. So, uh, you know, when I when I started out doing this stuff, there was for sure some voices and people that I want to talk to that, that just reached out to me when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, Pooh being one of them, not so much that I watched the show so much as a young kid, but because I was named after Pooh, not Julian, my real name, but my mom nicknamed me Pooh. No idea oh, why, there you go. right? No oh, idea yeah. why. Uh, I guess I was just a little chunky little kid, but I had such a resemblance to that little character that I just yeah. fell in love with this show. Um, and That's funny. Me- I have my oldest niece. I, I called her Pooh Bear. She had all this blonde hair and she was, fa- she favored and she would only want to wear a diaper. I would babysit her occasionally for my older sister. And she she had, like I say, she had all this little blonde fuzzy hair. And uh, and she favored this one little red shirt. And I said, God, Debbie, she looks like Winnie the Pooh. Come here, Pooh Bear. And so she, that, was, that would be my name. And then, you know, and, and then I grew up and all of a sudden I'm Pooh Bear. What she that, says it to me. <laughs> what, is, what is that like? Because I'm going to tell you, before we get into anything, yeah. I wanted to see Christopher Robin so bad in the movie theaters. But my mm-hmm. wife and her friends went out on uh, like a girl's night to go see this. And I'm really glad I saw this when it came out on DVD. This movie hit me so hard. A 31-year-old red-blooded American hit sure. me so <laughs> damn hard in the feels. And a lot of that has to do with your voice as these characters, man. I, I, I This movie was so beautiful. Um, but, Thank you. But, you know, going back in time, right? How did you get on the radar for them to say, hey, man, you want to play Pooh? You want to play Tigger? How'd that come about? Well, it's pretty standard. Uh, you know, there's a place in Burbank, uh, still there, and it's called The Voice Caster, and a great guy named Bob Lloyd started it up, and it was just a casting facility. You know, you'd go there and you'd, you could audition for, uh, you know, uh, a battery commercial for cars or, uh, you know, to sell cars or, or cartoons or anything, you know, and uh, they had a big... They, uh, you know, Pooh had been gone. See, it's it's such a big part of everybody's lexicon and everybody's folklore, so to speak, personal history now, because it's been 30 plus years, you know, as you just said. And, uh, but prior to that, it, it had been gone. Uh, of course, that's in 80, well, 87, maybe, 80, yeah. 88. And he'd been gone for almost 20 years, you know, from the movies. Uh, I think the, I think they made uh, a day for Eeyore um, and uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger Two. All those the three that they put together and made a movie of it. Uh, and that that had been like sixty five or sixty six. So yeah. it, it it wasn't the big worldwide well known thing that it is now. And so um, you know, I just moseyed in and uh, I told the story a hundred times. I I felt I, I auditioned. Let me see. I auditioned for uh, Piglet and Owl and Eeyore, Tigger and Pooh. 
my kanga was no good. So I, I, I had to pass on that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, I really, really felt good about Eeyore. Mm-hmm. I remember going home saying, okay, I think thanks for noticing me, you know, not bad. Right. Oh, ooh, that's, that's pretty good. Fantastic. And uh, my agent calls up, she goes, well, I have good news and bad news. I said, what do you want first? And I said, well, you might as well start with the bad news. She goes, well, you're not, uh, you're not going to be Eeyore. I said, oh, wow, really? No, Cause I thought that was my only shot. She goes, no, no, no. And I said, well, well, who got it? She goes, well, Peter Cullen. I go, oh, you can't oh. complain about it. You no. can't complain about losing to Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen is the, he's, he's the man with the plan. So I said, well, you know, say lovey, you win some, you lose some. I said, well, what, what was the other news? She goes, well, you are Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. And I went, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I said, oh, well, I, I, I'm okay then. I, I, I'm fine. Never mind. <laughs> you know, I'm good. And, and I wasn't even Tigger the full time because at the time, bless his heart, you know, the great Paul Winchell was still with us, but he was going back and forth at the time. Not that you'd remember, but at the time, to- <clears throat> at the time, there was a terrible famine over in Africa. It was a place mm-hmm. called Biafra and it was awful. And, and Paul being the genius that he is, you know, knucklehead Smith, ventriloquist, Tigger, and then he invented the artificial heart. So naturally he had something to do about the, the famine. He was going to raise a uh, little mud sharks, mud, uh, uh, mud puppies they they uh they're kind of raised in the they grow in the banks of the mississippi and they're real nutritious they're like salamandery frogs mm-hmm. half fish half you know nothing <clears throat> nothing to look at but apparently they're very very high in nutrition they're yeah. you know and you can raise them in dirt and mud and spit so he was over there and he was trying to develop that as a food source and he'd be over there for like two or three months then he'd come back for two or three months then he'd be over there for two or three months well when he was gone i was tigger light <laughs> and I would do Tigger, you know, I, I, that's the way I, but I was like on the job training and, um, you know, so, uh, that's how that happened. And then, uh, you know, Chris Sterling was Holloway was very, very old at the time. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to, he, he wasn't, he was, uh, you know, out of the game, so to speak. But, uh, and then eventually when Paul retired, I, uh, it's been me ever since for 20 some, I don't know, long time. <laughs> well, when you, when you sit back and you look at, at all you've done, right. Is, is Pooh at the top of your list or there's some other characters that you really just, you, you love, but you don't get asked enough about. Well, you know, uh, I've got, I've got so many, I mean, thank you, Jesus. Uh, it's the right <laughs> problem. It's the right problem. But, but, you know, uh, you know, Pooh and Tigger are, are, I always say that they're in their own category. They're, they're apart from everything else. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you, if you have like five or six cars, but then you have one Rolls Royce, well, you're not going to throw that in with the Chevy, you know, it's, (laughs) it's in its own category. It's in its own lot. Right. Yeah. But um, so that's for sure. And, but then, you know, from there, I got to tell you, Darkwing Duck is way, way up there for me. Uh, The terror that flaps in the night. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll never go anywhere in my heart. And then uh, definitely Ray from Princess and the Frog because it's very near and dear to my heart as well. Cause it's a beautiful movie. Being a, an old New Orleans boy and, uh, you know, I was a dickhand on a riverboat and all those memories. I mean, I was, it, it just, it's very, very dear to me. And then uh, Hondo, Hondo Onaka, the, um, one of my, my newer guys. He's mm-hmm. about like 10 years old, but to me he's new, you know. And uh, now all of a sudden I get to steal the Millennium Falcon like a hundred times a day or, or 500 times a day, whatever, depending on, you know, on the crowd at the Disney World and Disneyland. And, mm-hmm. and so those, those guys are, 
they're off to the side, you know, they're, they're up in the clouds. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I mean, it's, it's when you've got such an iconic voice and not just your voice, but you're taking an iconic character. And most people can say that that, that character, like you said, had not been touched for 20 something years at that yeah. point, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't to the height or the popularity it was now. And you ushered in the popularity of Pooh. And because of you, like I said, I'm ever entangled with Pooh because (laughs) that was my name, man. You know, (laughs) that's Um, great. (laughs) And you said something, you said something I really, really love because I'm a former Navy guy, right? I used to be Uh on a boat too. Um, Oh, there you go. But I didn't have great food like they did in New Orleans. So two things really is one, how'd you, how'd you become to get on this boat? Was it just a summertime job or was it something you were just striving to do? And what was your favorite food to eat in New Orleans? Uh, well, uh, I can answer that in reverse, probably red beans and rice, which I still, I still make, uh, you know, regular, I made last week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, and then anything from New Orleans, any New Orleans food, it's, it's my favorite food, but, um, the thing about the the boats, you know, I, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, and I moved to New Orleans when I got out of high school. A buddy of mine got out of, out of uh, the Army, and he said, well, I'm going to Mardi Gras. You want to go? And I go, sure, because it was like 20 below zero, yeah. you know, and I was working in a steel mill, so it didn't take much to convince me to leave that. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, I moved to New Orleans. I went to New Orleans to, originally for Mardi Gras, and I kind of knew I wasn't coming back, but... Um, the thing is, you know, you get down there and, you know, and you're 18, 19 years old, you don't have 10 cents to rub together. And a buddy of mine told me, he goes, well, you know, you can get a job as a deckhand on a riverboat and they have a kitchen on them. You can eat now. And I thought, <laughs> oh, I, I'm in, you know. So, uh, I, you know, I was one of the merchant Marines. I joined the merchant Marines. Um, and that's that's how it led me to, to uh, my life on the river. And then from there, you know, uh, it also, you know, a lot of times I would be the only guy on, on the boat for whom uh, my original language was English. Mm-hmm. They're from Louisiana, but they spoke French first. Yeah, first, they spoke Cajun mm-hmm. French. And, um, and then they had to learn English. And so I couldn't even tell what the hell they were saying half the time, you know, and they were speaking English. But that's where I got, uh, speaking of Ray the Firefly, that's, that's where I got that accent like that down there. Yeah, that's where I learned it me. And uh, you also and, had jocks you know, too, as well, from Scooby. One thing led to another. What's that? I said you also had jocks from Scooby Doo and uh, Zombie Island. That's oh, my yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and Leatherhead, mm-hmm. uh, Leatherhead, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I knew he'd be in there somewhere. There he is. He's a good looking cuss. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> I often have one I, when we first started doing the show. Um, cause I just moved to California and it was like a year or two later, it was pretty quick that turtles were cast, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I was the bad guy. Um, and I must say that his, his, his name was Leonce Leblanc and he was, uh, the very first riverboat captain that I was ever on. It was, uh, uh, on a boat. It was on the smallest boat on the river and it was called the old Dutch mm-hmm. and it was docked right up outside the French quarter. It sounds very exotic and trust me, it wasn't, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, uh, they said that, they, they, well, there's a, an old crusty alligator, a Cajun, you know, from Louisiana who gets turned into the bad guy and he's big and he's brusque and, and he's, and he got a deep voice like that. So I just did captain. Mm-hmm. I just did the captain, uh, Captain Leonce. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, you know, my, I have a theory, you know, Julian, the thing is, if you do a perfect impression, of somebody that nobody knows, nobody will ever hear of. That's an 
you have a new character. Yeah. And if you do a terrible impression of somebody that everybody knows and they can't even recognize it, well, then that's a new character. So I figured nobody knows this guy, this Cajun from Louisiana. So, so I'm going to do my dead on impression of him like that. And, and so I did. And I often wondered if his grandkids were sitting around going, hey, grandpa, what you want? You want to come in here and take a look at this gator? What's that gator do? Oh, he's a good looking guy. You know, I like his voice. I can't imagine, you know, how the, I wonder if he do books on tape, you know. Uh, who knows, right? But, uh, you know, so, you know, you pick these things up and you never know how, how it works out. It's always fascinating because I love talking, like all the people I talk to from voice actors to writers and screenwriters to chefs and musicians and athletes, you guys are my favorite people to talk to voice actors because <laughs> other than- Rightly so. <laughs> other other than like the atmosphere is so fun it, it's very jovial everybody's laughing and generally having a good time um oh, yeah. but much like you know the dish that i asked you what was your favorite you said red beans and rice i think there's two things in this world that elicit an emotion almost instantly right you get transported back to a time sure. and that's the smell of a dish like those red beans and rice oh yeah or you know for me it's always been fried chicken that's my favorite thing in the world um, if I could eat it every day, I'd probably be 600 pounds, but I'm pretty sure I would be happy to an extent, just miserable, but happy to an extent, <laughs> you know, so the That's smell right. of that transports you back and what you guys do, a fucking voice, something as simple and it's not demeaning or anything like that. It's not diminishing what you guys do. A voice makes me feel like a goddamn kid again, man. And, and like sure. I said, it's fantastic. Did you, did you know you had a, you know, a, a, a knack for voices or dialect or picking up mannerisms at a young age, or was this something you developed? Yeah, as a yeah I, I did. I was, God, I was an annoying child. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I'd be sitting, I would be doing impressions of school teachers and, and the nuns and everything, and they loved it. Oh my God, they couldn't get enough of me. Uh, it was terrible. Um, but I, I, I did, I, I've done many impressions of uh, like, uh, geez, uh, God bless my Aunt Grace. I've told this story before, but there was a character named. Uh, Lieutenant Spinelli on Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. And he was sort of a, a punch drunk boxer. And he was from, you know, the city there. And he would look at Spinelli. What are we going to do with these little guys? And bless her heart, that was my Aunt Grace um, growing up. And it's, it goes back to my theory. A, a perfect impression is somebody nobody knows. You get a new character. And uh, But, you know, I always knew that I would do that. And I, I like when I was a kid, uh, I enjoyed being in plays, but I didn't want to be, you know, I was 10 years old. I didn't want to be the little prince. I wanted to be the ogre that yeah. lived under the bridge or the troll or something, you know, something like that. So the wizard that, that had a, a weird thing about him, Why and was, was you know, and I was inadvertently training for what I was going to do as an adult. Mm -hmm. So why, you know, why, why, why do you think you gravitated towards those, those different, those not the cookie cutter characters? Why do you think you, yeah. you've shown that much interest in it? Well, it's more fun. Yeah. You know, it's more fun that, you know, you would you would you want to be the insurance salesman or the vampire? Well, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now, are we are we talking like blade level vampires? Or are we talking twilight yeah. level <laughs> vampires? Because we're no, talking tough, tough to say. <laughs> <laughs> it just really depends because Matt Damon played a really good insurance insurance salesman <laughs> or whatever it was. It was a weird, you know, eclectic type of movie, but uh Yeah, but you know what I mean. He had his shit together, you know? Yeah, um, yeah you know. but you know, nonetheless, man, what was your first gig coming on that you got signed for as far as voice acting goes? Uh, Dumbo Circus. I was, oh. uh, I, I was Lionel the Lion 
and it was taken basically from the movie Dumbo, uh, and it was the little mouse, uh, Timothy the mouse, but it was people in costumes. It was, uh, you know, li little people in costumes and, uh, and big people, you know. Um, and so they couldn't have like a four foot mouse walking around. So they made him a lion cub, but it was basically the same character. And so uh, I went up and it was my, I had passed around my audition tape to a few people. I was working at a store called Video Depot for my brother-in-law and sister at the time they owned a, a string of those in Southern California. And uh, I was running one in Anaheim Hills and one of our customers was Sal Romeo. And um, he, he uh, I, I made a demo tape and I, I gave it to him. He was a producer. He had just had come out with a movie. I cannot remember. It was like a B horror movie. And he was the only person I knew in showbiz. So he said, yeah. well, here, give me your tape and I'll pass it along. And he gave it to Don Bluth, who had just made Secret of Nim and The Last Unicorn and that guy. And then he was working on uh, video games at the time called Dragon's Lair. I don't know if you remember those. Those are ancient times, but, <laughs> um, you know, very, very early on. But um, he said, well, you know, uh, you he called up actually like two or three days later. And he goes, hey, kid, yeah, you're pretty good. You know, I, you don't suck, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hold on to your tape. If I hear somebody's casting, I'll pass it along. I said, oh, we can't beat that. Then about two more weeks went by and a guy named Frank Brandt calls me up and he goes, Hey, how you doing kid? I got a tape from Don Bluth. And I'm, yeah. And I go, great. He goes, yeah, well, you don't suck. I said, that's what I hear. And, 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 uh, and he said, you want to come audition? So I said, sure. Can I do it on my day off? And he goes, Oh, you got a job. And I go, yeah. And he said, sure. Yeah. Come on up. And so I went up and I auditioned for Lionel the lion and I got the job and uh, that was it. And then from there on in, that was uh, the rest is mystery. And then, you know, we fortunately for me, I think, gosh, we must have done 120 shows, 165 shows. I don't even remember, but we did two shows a week, and uh, of course, that took like maybe eight hours tops, and I was making about 350 bucks more doing those eight hours than I was the 50 that I was working at the Video Depot. So, in the midst of my mathematical genius, I knew which way to go. I said, I think I'll go this way. Well, I mean, so, it's kind of worked out for you at, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Thirty some years later, is that is that how every? <laughs> I I can't imagine like especially in today as my voice cracks and hit, hit puberty. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I can only imagine like how much that goes around. Like, ah, man, you didn't suck. You want to try out for this? Was that like yeah. a common thing back in the days? Like, you know, you're you're okay. You're not great. You're not good. You just don't suck. Uh, you know, you try out for this or. No, I mean, it, it, you know, they were just, they were being, you know, facetious and fun. Yeah. It was, you know, probably embellishing here, but it's, uh, you know, I, I was very fortunate and I got, uh, I got <clears throat> like the first two or three jobs I auditioned for. And, and, and it's funny because it set me up to think that that's how it works. Oh, you audition, then you get the job. No, not necessarily. I was very fortunate, you know, and plus there wasn't, uh, you know, everybody in their, their dog in, in the business now i mean the whole world is now oh, everybody does voices now and i go really what'd you do and i go well i i did the answering machine for my local kmart oh wow <laughs> well now you're talking see i had no idea you were at that level you know <laughs> you know so i gotta i gotta stop you just right here for just a second you are probably the funniest person i have had on here you you're very i i love the oh, way good. Interacting, man. It's just the fact that you're self-deprecating, but you're also—I don't want to say snarky because that's not the right word—but you're fucking. You're just a little bit shit, and you're just there. And I mean, 
<laughs> oh, good. I'll tell you. Like I said, we're only like 20 minutes into this shit. And this is probably the funnest I've had in a long time. Not to diminish any other characters I've, or people I've had on here. It's just. Ah, go ahead. They're all bums. <laughs> <laughs> uh you, you brought up you brought up some <laughs> something earlier in the thing with leatherhead and, and, and the yeah. uh, teenage mutant turtles that you got to do um and then i'm, I'm almost 100 sure with as long as you've been in this business and doing what you're doing at the height and the level of you've been doing it you've had to work with rob a little bit more than just the turtles correct oh rob all the time rob he's one of my best friends now when yeah him, when, him and jess too oh, man, i mean the, I'm tons of them the here all day yeah, we'll be here all day long. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so fantastic. But whenever you guys are around each other, and by you guys, I mean voice actors, are yeah. you picking and, and like pulling stuff from like each other as far as like, uh, I can't really get this dialect or I can't really get this accent down. Is that who you guys go to or you just watch stuff on YouTube or how does how do you flush out an accent or a dialect for you? Oh, gosh, with me, I, I don't know. I've always been a sponge, you know, and I've always, always, always known, like since I was five, that I was going to do this. Mm. So, you know, like I say, I always wanted to be the, uh, the troll or the, the, you know, so I was always drawn towards the, the character side of it anyway, you know, and I, I and I think, uh, you, you know, and just our now put it well, one time uh, we were at a convention, he said, well, when you're acting, you blah, 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 you're a voice actor voice. And, and, and he said, well, you know, here's the thing about a, being a voice actor is it's a small V, but a capital A. And you're you're an actor first who just so happened you can't see them. You're using their voice. That, that that's all. That's the thing you have to remember first. And and if you take that approach, which is the certainly my approach too, <clears throat> you know it it'll keep you uh, it keeps you more honest. You know and and because uh, you have to get everything. You have to get every little nuance in a voice or with strategic pauses. Yeah. And uh, you see, so you know that kind of thing. So. Uh, you, you know, I mean, I've, <laughs> I tell this one story about a guy who, when we were doing the California Raisins a thousand years ago, he, he was an on-camera actor. And um, you have to remember that, and it's funny when, when on-camera guys come and do voiceover because they'll be in front of the mic and they'll go, well. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> no. And all you can hear is, no. And then, and it's like, it's just not, you got to do something. You got to, you know, spit, come on, come on, wake up. You know, so I'm not even sure there was a question in there or an answer, but there you have it. No, I, I, I love it nonetheless. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob and, and Billy West has both said the same thing. Like, it, yeah. it, it's weird to see somebody that, because you can tell when people are doing it for, you know, I've said this numerous times, so people are probably pissed, but you can tell when people are doing it as a passion and you can tell when people are doing it as a profit. And especially <laughs> fans, when we see somebody doing something and they just throw a cartoon and then they got some random big name in there, right? It was like, oh, yeah. they're just doing this because they don't have faith in you guys, the guys that sit here and take a two dimensional <laughs> character and turn them into 3D. They turn them into life. As dumb as that might mm -hmm. sound as a cartoon coming to real life for us, man. And we get it. Oh, I yeah. know you guys get it. And, you know, I really yeah. wish they would let you guys do what you guys do. And that's make 2D into 3D. Um, yeah. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fun thing. It's a beautiful process. Did you think you'd be having as much fun? Are you, or let me, I don't even want to sit there and put words in your mouth. Are you having as much fun or more fun now than you were back then? Or has it just been 
you know, all uphill type of thing. It's been fun. Well, you know, I wish, I wish it was, we were busier. We're all sitting at home now, you know, I, so I definitely not having as much fun as I usually do. That's for sure. Because, you know, I mean, this is great, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not work, you know, it's not going in. Yeah. Cause I like, uh, <clears throat> like in the past X amount of years, decades, or for that matter, um, a lot of times you're doing cartoons, you're doing shows and you're doing it all by yourself and there's nobody else in the room. And I don't like that as much. I like having the whole cast or as many of, of the cast in the recording studio at the same time as you can. And, mm-hmm. and that's obviously gone by the wayside this year, which is stinks. It's to high heaven, but uh, you know, God willing, we'll get through this. But, uh, but no, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, everybody being there because, you know, you're putting on a play. That's the way it was to me. Uh, you know, I felt like we're just good old fashioned, let's put on a show, you know, and you, you can react and, uh, see, I, the thing about me is for better or worse, I ad lib like crazy, um, like Hondo Onaka, I I probably, I mean, I know, I know that I did say the words they wrote, Mm. um, uh, uh, and, and then I would always give them one line as written. And then I'd give them two or three that I just tourated out, you know, came up with. And, and, you know, that's just how I work. And you can't, you can't do that if you're flying solo because yeah. it, it completely, um, yeah, it completely screws up their response. I have this goofy story. Uh, I never worked with Rob. Well, I guess I did work with Robin Williams, obviously, but I not in the same room at the same time. Yeah. Uh, he was coming and going, you know, and, um, and we did um, Aladdin 3, The Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he wasn't in Aladdin 2. Dan Castellaneta did it because uh, he didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. And then it, then it was a big deal. And he went, oh, how about that? I'm, I'm coming back. Move out of the way, little <laughs> cartoon man. And, uh, and so he came back and, and I had a scene with him as Razul because I was the big muscle-bound guy who was always after Princess Jasmine and blah, blah, the big guy. Um, and, uh, and, and I... Uh, at one of the sessions I was doing, I was doing a courtroom scene, quote unquote, with what Robin had decided, or, you know, Jeannie had decided he was in a courtroom and he had put Razul on the stand. And uh, I, I had lived a few couple lines for this and that. And uh, they said that, and when speaking of not being in the same room at the same time, he wasn't there to react and I wasn't there to react to him. So his line no longer worked, but they liked mine. So they brought him back in to fix up a couple lines, and he goes, "What's that? Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Oh, oh, yes. After all, Mr. Cummings had a really good ad lib. We we don't want to lose that, you know. And and you know, just busting my chops. And and he said, "Yes, well, that's all well and good." And he goes, and then Jeannie leaned over and grabbed him by the toes and ran him up like a. If you see this movie next time you see it, he it's when he takes Razul and rolls him up like a shade, on a on a window. And he goes, I will not be upstaged by a tertiary character. Now, where was I? You know, <laughs> so I, I, I'm proud to say I got totally dissed by on Robin. film by Robin Williams. Sidebar for just a second. Robin Williams, hands down, is my favorite actor of all time. Sure. Oh, um, God. Just, he does it all. I've never, I've never seen anything like him, right? No. Not before no. or not since, right? I, no, indeed. He's probably one of those once in a lifetime, like yourself, once singular. in a lifetime type of people. He's um, very singular. Yeah, and it, it's just crazy. And when when you guys were when when you guys were doing all of these, because you did this one, 
And uh, oh shit, I blanked here for a sec. I can't remember the other Disney movie you did. Oh, um, you were part of the singing voice for Lion King, excuse me, for Scar. Um, oh, Scar, yeah, yeah, Lion and, King. And if anybody could have made the live action Lion King better, it would have been your voice. The most haunting song or haunting scene in that whole thing is when Scar and the hyenas are doing Be Prepared, right? And I don't know if you've seen yeah. the live action remake. Yeah. That was the flattest shit I have ever seen in my life. It didn't elicit any kind of, I was not terrified like I was when I was a child seeing Scar yeah. scale these mountains with these hyenas and these dark green clouds and all this other crazy. Yeah. And that voice that, that you helped with that, how, how much of yeah. that, did, how much of that did you do? Did they just come in to, to do? Well, I, uh, he never says the words, be prepared. Mm. He doesn't even get to the chorus. Yeah. He, uh, now all the time, I know that your powers of retention are as wet as a warthog's backside. You know, that's all. The talking is him. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all be prepared. That's all me. And, um, and uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, there's a few fun stories about that. I've, I've had that with Christopher Lloyd, too, and um, in a movie called Anastasia. And uh, I, I don't think, I don't know if they told Jeremy uh, that, that that was done. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and nice. I've had that with I've had that with uh, with Ed Asner too, and it's a, it's a weird it's a it's a touchy thing because you know this guy he's a great actor and he you know of course I sing and I and they go oh, not really you know, <laughs> but, you know this guy. and I remember uh, Sir Tim Rice he goes you know Jeremy was leaving and and they said well you know Jim's here and I and I Jess and I Arnell and I. Uh, and, and I wrote the fart verse, by the way, in Hakuna Matata. That, that was me. Oh, the shame. I thought of what's in a name. And I got downhearted every time today. Pumbaa, not in front of the kids. Sorry. Hakuna Matata. And we're back in the song. And uh, uh, Jess and I, they had us because uh, Ernie and uh, Nathan don't sing. Mm -hmm. And so they figured, well, let's just get Jim. He can be Pumbaa. And, you know, Jess can be uh, uh, Timon. And they can sing the song. And then they can give him a cassette. They can drive around in a car for three weeks. And that way they'll know it the same way they know happy birthday. Yeah. You know, you just heard it a hundred times and then it's 10 times better because there's nothing sorrier than getting in there with a singer who doesn't, or an actor who doesn't sing. And it's hard for them that you feel bad for them. You know, you're not crazy about it for yourself because you're sitting there going, Oh my God, come on. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, <laughs> which is terrible, but you know, you feel bad for them. So they figured, well, let's do it that way. And we're doing this, the, the thing and 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 I remember Rob Minkoff's going, but well, I don't know these words are I don't know because Tim Rice wasn't there, he wrote the you know he wrote the uh, the lyrics, and uh, and he says I don't know I had it easy you had it I you have it easy I had it tough it was always tougher for me when I was growing up than it is for you he goes, does anybody hate when their parents do that and I go yeah I do you know we all do, so I said well let's quit talking about that then and talk doesn't this guy stink. <laughs> you know, and they go, yeah. And so I made up the, the fart verse, did he? And, uh, and it stuck. And at the end of the movie, I went up, I went up to Don Hahn and I go, you kept the fart verse? And he goes, it's the funniest thing in the movie. <laughs> said, oh, okay. Thank I, you. I, I love hearing this inside, you know, information. And, and <laughs> seeing... I don't want to say your claim to fame as a fart joke in Lion King because well, it's not bad. It's, it, yeah, it's really not. It's, you've done so much more cooler shit than coming up with a fart joke. However, 
in your entire career, have you gotten a fart joke over anywhere else other than the Disney's production of The Lion King? Well, Princess and the Frog. <laughs> I was a more fart a, director. Yeah, 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 it rhymes with art director. <laughs> but but uh, there was a, a scene there when he, when he, if you recall, when Ray first comes over there and introduces himself, well, let me introduce myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a firefly, yo. You know, and he and he has to screw in his 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 butt. You know, he goes, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> get it, do that." Oh, sorry, you know, and 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 Tiana and what's his name look at each other, and so so I got two, I got one fart joke in in two major Hollywood movies. I'm so proud. So what's the what what movie are you gonna try to get it in? Because you got to get well, it. <laughs> you got to get a three. You got to go three for three, right? Well. I, I I came close in Christopher Robin, mm -hmm. uh, and no one to this day has busted me. No one, no one, not a soul. And about a, a billion people have seen this movie, and uh, and I only talk about it in interviews, and 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 inevitably it comes up in this way because um, if you recall when uh, Bryony was uh, when <clears throat> the little girl. Um, Oh God, I know her real name. I can't think of her, her name in the movie. Uh, when they were at the, the train station and, and she's running through there with, with Pooh and Tigger and Piglet and Eeyore and, um, and the, the officer of the law says, he says, well, there's a guy, the, the taxi driver's going, there's something wrong with these little animals. This little girl here's got something wrong with her. Oh, is that right? It's a little girl and this stuff is scaring you, mate. Oh, God, that's horrible. Darling, just run along. It's going to be fine. She goes, thank you, officer. And I go, thank you, Orifice. And I called him Orifice. But I did it right three or four times. <laughs> and for some reason, they they put in, you know, I don't know if Mark did it. I don't know who did it, uh, the director. But they, they used the thank you, Orifice. And, and it's just sitting there and... And I've seen it in the theater with people like two or three times, you know, at the different premieres in England and, and New York and what's in Toronto. And no one responded. No one caught it. What? Like at all in the whole audience. And I'm sitting there going, am I the only one that hears me saying that? <laughs> so it's just one of those weird little things. Next time you see it. Thank you, Orifice. I, I mean, I'm, I can't really say I'm proud of it, but it's like a little inside joke, I guess. But I, I, mean, I mean, it's just plain as day. If, if anything, you can sit here and those on your IMDb page or your Wikipedia page should have bullet points or slots specifically <laughs> for these lines credited for Timon's fart joke, credited for Ray's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not to mention, we got this fucker in here, Winnie the Pooh, and he called him an orifice instead of officer. Calling I, a cop an officer an orifice. It's fantastic. Well, it's the same syllables, just rearranged. Yeah. <laughs> You really, you really wordsmithing that shit up, huh? Oh man. <laughs> um, when, when, when you're, when you're in here and you're getting in these creative flows, cause you did, how did you do, um, how did you do Christopher Robin? Was it your already, they had already had the movie done or were you doing lines as oh, it no. goes or? No, it was weird. It, it was a hard process because, um, you know, it's, uh, gosh, I, I don't, I don't know if I have any footage of it or not, but uh, anyway, they, they had like a, uh, a grayish doll and it was very gray very drab dolls um, basically like the quote-unquote life-size yeah. and they were doing scenes with them and uh, they would have 
puppeteers off like this. It was similar to the way we did Roger Rabbit. That was the first thing I ever did. And I was off off camera with a big giant black velvet all over my whole body <laughs> so I wouldn't re reflect any light. Yeah. And there was they were holding up the one rabbit. Um, I, there were a few, and they ended up cutting the scene anyway, or the weasel, I'm sorry. And um, and then I would do the lines, you know, like that. And then they would pull the pull the thing away, and Bob Hoskins would be holding focus, like right in midair, where the weasel was supposed to be. And it was like that with this. They, you know, you and in the gang, they were looking at, you know, supposedly carrying on a conversation with Pooh or Tigger or whichever. And it was just this little grayish doll with somebody holding it up like this, yeah. off to the side, so as to try to not distract the the actor, the on camera actor. Um, and so it was a weird little process, but boy, I, I mean, it's just so flawless as, as it's completed, yeah. you know, and you, and I, got, and I got to watch it. It took a while. It took, God, we were doing that for like over a year, I think. Um, and, you know, one day it would look this way. And then the next day the cuts would look a little better. Mm -hmm. And now, now we got the backgrounds and, Oh, where'd that tree come from? You know, and it was, they were blue screening stuff in the middle of London and it was magical. Yeah, I cannot describe it. I cannot describe it. But it was, uh, it was, it was just a, a joyous thing. And I, what it, what we did is they flew me over originally, and it was just, um, and I always get a kick out of this part of the story because, uh, uh you know, they're going well, well this way if, if we have you, you know, we had and it was Pooh first. I was originally just doing Pooh, yeah, which is another story. But um, so I'm doing all all of like this big marathon session, the six hour session in which I did the entire movie uh, in one sitting, you know, or we had lunch, but you know, and, and that way they had, they had it in the can so that the actors on camera, like Ewan and, and, you know, everybody, all of them, uh, the live action people, uh, Haley, and they were, they had something to react to, mm. you know, the, the, there was a little stuffed animal over here, but, but it would be my voice coming out or something. And uh, so, you know, that way they had something to react to. And I always thought, well, that's good. I'm really glad for them. But you do realize that I'm doing it in a vacuum and there's nobody in the room with me. And I'm making sure that they have something to react to. Who's, who's reading for me, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Uh, okay. So who's doing the real heavy lifting? Uh, <laughs> You know, but uh, but it was I couldn't have been prouder, you know, and everybody was so great. Ewan and Haley and and, uh, you know, Mark Forster and, of course, Brad Garrett's an old buddy of mine. And uh, and I wasn't originally cast as Tigger, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I, I remember uh, my daughter, Gracie, she's uh, she's 15 now. I think she was 12, 12 and a half, something like that. We went down. They finally had a uh, we went down to see the rough cut and. Um, and it was another fella who had been doing Tigger, and he sounded like um, Rodney Dangerfield and uh, no respect. And I, I don't know Groucho Marx put together or something. And it was just like, and 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 we're sitting there, and we were the only two people in the screening room, and there was a couple of the producers were behind us. So, and we had this really ultra private screening. I couldn't believe it. You know, they wanted to wanted to show it to us, and blah blah blah. And so, okay, and. Uh, we, we get in the car and Mark couldn't be there. Mark Forster, the director, he, he Disney had called him away, but he wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, for the very first time I could see that I saw it put together and it was very rough. I mean, there was 
wires were showing everything, you know, it was a very rough cut. But on the way, as soon as we leave the room, my daughter Gracie goes, Daddy, you have to save Tigger. <laughs> I said, I couldn't agree more. And my phone rings and it's Mark Forster. And he goes, Jim, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there. I, I couldn't get away. Disney called me. But you know, I wanted to talk to you about Tigger. And I said, okay, let's talk. You know, and so I ended up bouncing back uh, as Tigger. So I, I got to do Winnie the Pooh and Tigger too. It wouldn't have been the same. To, who's easier to slip into as far as vo or the acting or the voice or the mindset for the character? Is it Pooh or is it Tigger? Oh, gosh, I never thought of it. Uh, I don't know. Tigger's probably closer to my own personality, you know, bouncy and uh, slight wise guy, I suppose. <laughs> and Pooh, Pooh's, uh, you know, Pooh's just more or less laid back. You know, he's... Uh, He's uh, he's kind of like the calm. He's the eye of the storm. Everything's zooming around him 100 miles an hour, and he's doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> you know. So I asked uh, I asked Rob uh, Rob when he was on not too long ago, like, what is it like? At, when we just passed Thanksgiving, but what is Thanksgiving like with you know Rob? And he would explain that his his sons they would get a big kick out of it for a little while, or that his friends his sons' friends would call. And they're like, oh, hey, hey, can we talk to Ash? And they're like, no, Ash isn't really here. And he's like, all right, well, can we talk to Raphael or can we talk to Donatello or can we talk to insert, you know, whatever character, sure, yeah. um, you know, you would play it at that time. Uh, did your did your daughter do the same thing with you? Like, hey, daddy, do the voice. Or if you're out and about or you're going through the drive through. Hey, dad, order in oh, order in oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, on and off. But, you know, my my older daughter, you know, she. um She's in, she's uh, in her late thirties now. And when we, uh, Darkwing Duck first broke out, she was about the same age as Goslin. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so she became Goslin at school <laughs> and, and she, for some reason she didn't like it. And I go, you know, that's technically kind of cool. I mean, isn't it really? I mean, really, is it bad to be Goslin? Come on, you're, come on, you're Darkwing Duck's daughter. What's the matter with that? Oh God, dad, you know, get it. Oh my God. You know, cause you know, and I'm sure, you know, as an 11 year old, uh, I'm an eye roller, <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, by the time, uh, you know, it, you know, time goes on and uh, they're going, well, wait a minute. You know what? This is actually not all that bad. And I can remember my, my other daughter, Raleigh, she's in her early thirties. Uh, there was show and tell. And uh, there was this one little girl who was a real brat and she was the rich kid and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so for show and tell, she brought the talking Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. We had just done, uh, and, and he was, he, it was a big story. It was called My Interactive Pooh. Esquire Magazine gave it the dubious achievement of the year award just for the name, My Interactive Pooh. Think about that. <laughs> so anyway, so she, so she brings the, she brings the, the stinking doll into the thing and sits there and he tells everybody like a 15 minute story. I remember it well. And, um, and, and uh, you know, of course they didn't know that, that I was her dad, you, you know. And so Raleigh said, okay, you like that? You like that? doll okay next week i'm coming in okay <laughs> and i'm gonna bring winnie the pooh too but it ain't gonna be a doll all right you know and it's that kind of thing so i go strolling in and they're all like ah you know so she was like that's how you do it you know <laughs> how old was she at this time about 11 oh jesus christ tell me she's doing something in comedy that is the most that is the funniest shit i've heard like yeah. oh man it's 
kid over here is bringing in a doll. Uh-huh. I got the voice. I've got poo yeah. at yeah. home. He yeah. tells me to clean shit up. I hate it all the time. But yeah, right, right. I'm going to bring him in and I'm going to tell you something. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're going to see. <laughs> okay. There's a very East Coast versus West Coast vibe there going on, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, so we're, we're starting to hit towards the end of that hour. I don't want to keep it too much longer. Um, sure. This has been fun as hell. I got to tell you that. Um, oh, but, good. Yeah, same here. So whenever I go and have anybody on, there's always a few things that I like to do. I like to go and post it on the social media and say, hey, if you guys could ask James anything in the world, what would I ask? So the first comment that happened was actually my brother-in-law. Well, uh-huh. technically it was my wife and her brother. So she was like, who was his favorite voice to voice, right? So we kind of brought that up. And then almost immediately after my wife posted that question, her brother came in there and said, what was his favorite favorite voice to act? And why is it cat from cat dog? Right. So that's what he wanted to know. Um, right. What was that like? That's, that cartoon was so fun as a kid. I mean, I probably 12 yeah. when it came oh, out. Good. Um, yeah. And I, I got to imagine you had so much fun with that character. What was that, oh, what, yeah. what was that like for you? It was great because, um, you know, anytime you can play a character that's always just incredibly frustrated, you know, <laughs> it's it's always good comedy gold there, you know, because Dog was just as obtuse as he could be. And and Cat was kind of persnickety and uh, it, they were the perfect odd couple, mm-hmm. you know, and the old joke was, please don't ask us how we went to the bathroom. <laughs> you know? In fact, one of my favorite uh, ad libs of, of uh, that cat dog were at a, a dog park or something in there, whatever. And they go, and uh, dog, I, I have to go, you know, cat, I have to go. So we had to go to the bathroom and you wait like five seconds. And these two guys come walking out and he goes, so that's how they do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then your mind just fills in the, some weird blank somewhere along the line. But, uh, but that was one of my favorite cartoons. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And Tom Kenny, you know, you can't do any better than him. He's hysterical. He's the greatest. SpongeBob himself. Buddy man. SpongeBob, you betcha. It, it's that that cartoon alone, SpongeBob. So <clears throat> an acid trip. Back in the day, I wanted to be an animator. I, I I could see something and I could draw it, but I could never really create, you know, from my own head, right? So that was always the issue I had. Um, and I remember just doing all these doodles and stuff like that. And when I was younger, we went to Nickelodeon Studios when it was still here in Orlando, Florida. Oh yeah. Taking us and they were getting ready to roll out uh, SpongeBob. You know, they hadn't released it yet. There was a whole bunch of teasers all over Nickelodeon for it coming this summer or coming this fall, whatever it was when it released. Um, and I remember, you know, walking up there and seeing the animators, right. Just going to work storyboards, yeah. all the stuff. And I remember like, Oh man, I could, I was super, super, uh, what was it called? Um, uh, motivated by seeing this i'm like oh i can do this this is like i see somebody do it i can do this right and then i see them take a perfectly good picture just like this and then just rip it off the thing crumble it yeah. up and throw it behind him and then i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. if i would have yeah. done that at my age i was like my mom's hanging that up on the refrigerator why is oh, he God, yeah. something that looks so pretty and then i yeah. look at his right right and then he's just crumbling yeah. papers throwing them over and then he's got a pile a fucking balled up papers that he just didn't think was good enough thrown over. And it's just a mess. And I was like, man, I'm never ever going to do this as a kid. Right. Or as, as an adult. Um, so flash forward now, and I'm yeah. watching all of the stuff that you do. Um, what was that script like from Nickelodeon when they hand it to you? Like, Hey man, cat dog, they're joined their brothers. Uh, what was that story? Like, was it just a call from the agent or is that something you suck? Uh, suck. Sought out. Well, they, uh, I, I didn't audition for it originally. Um, 
I, for one for whatever reason i think a lot of times uh different studios like nickelodeon and uh you know cartoon network you know i've worked for them both extensively mm -hmm. but um a lot of times they'll they'll think well I, I think he's like a disney guy isn't he like like mr disney or whatever you know and they're not real sure they want to have you over there because it might be too wholesome sounding but <laughs> unfortunately i'm a total wise guy you know uh so you know that's that's uh i'm really acting when i'm winnie the pooh believe me um <laughs> and and uh you know so i i think they they must have gone through i think there's like four guys three or four guys who were cat before me and uh my dear friend jenny mcswain uh you know she and andrea romano uh, and different other ones, Sue Blue, and, um, you know, down through the years, uh, of course now Kelly Ward, uh, different voice directors, Gordon Hunt, you know, they, they'll call on you and they know what you can do. And they said, well, she says, well, you're, you know, you're banging your head against the wall. Just shut up and call Jim Cummings and see what he comes up with. <laughs> and so they did. And I went over there and I, I read for it and Tom was there. And uh, it was at the old uh, score one, I believe it was over in, uh, in uh, North Hollywood. And um, it was a long time ago, but um, it, we read together and the chemistry was there and they go, okay, let's make a cartoon. But now we can finally start. Cause they had tried, they had tried like four or five different cartoons and uh, you know, different characters, different people doing cat. I don't even remember who it was, but Tom and I, when we worked together, it just clicked, you know? And so uh, then I became cat. How, how was, whenever you get a role, whenever you find a voice, obviously they're going to have like some kind of picture or they might have some kind of description that, that oh, yeah. helps you along the lines as far as like finding a voice for this. Um, was any of these characters that we've talked about from Darkwing Duck to Pooh to Tigger, you know, to anything that you have done, um, have you ever just sat there and like, shit, man, I don't, I don't see this character. I don't get this voice. I don't, or is it just, you just throw shit against yeah. the wall until it happens. No, you just, uh, no, you you know, something always speaks to you. Something, you know, something comes up to you. Like with Darkwing, uh, he was kind of insecure, but he was a bit of a jerk about it. And uh, he had a huge ego. And, you know, and that that's that's food for, that's grist for the mill right there. You know, uh, and he takes offense quickly and, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, you, and you know, just very braggadocious and all that, all those character traits. Very millennial. With the... It helps with the, you know, the portrayal. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Hondo's another one. You know, he, he's uh, Mr. Prophet. He's looking out for number one at all times. And so that gives you some, uh, uh, you know, some uh, impetus, some motivation to, to get in there and get it done. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. I, whenever I hear, you know, like you, the voices that just going off in my head and that's sounds a little bit more crazy than I want it to. But whenever I sit here and I watch a cartoon or I watch a movie, I hear you guys, right? And I'm like, oh shit, I can point out James Cummings, Rob Paulson, you know, we got Justin there. We, you could pick yeah. anybody because you, like I said, you guys are doing such a fantastic job. Now we've talked about the roles that you've done and you've enjoyed. Now there's a couple things that we've talked about that you're still working on now, um, like Curious George and was it the Mickey Mouse mm -hmm. Funhouse or the Clubhouse? I can't remember which one of those. Funhouse now. Funhouse. Yeah. Um, are you working? Um, I don't know if Mike's working on this one, but are you working with one of the writers, Mike Kubat? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been in a few of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he he saw that I was having you on, and he wanted to say, "Hey, yeah. loved working oh, with yeah. you." Oh yeah, excellent. You're a fantastic guy to work with and work for. Um, but and then you're also doing Shark Week as well, man. Um, yeah. It's 
an eclectic group. You're, you're playing a, a monkey, a mouse. You're playing in the mouse world, Disney's world. Oh yeah. And then you're sitting here talking about sharks eating people, man. Uh, <laughs> which, which one do you think is the most fun that you've had if, as far as those three goes that you're working on right now that you're really enjoying? Oh gosh. Uh, who knows? Um, I don't know, Mickey. I always, I only really, really like, uh, you know, for different reasons. I like Curious George. Yeah. It's such a classic. I really like the way it looks. Yeah. And I mean, how cool are we? We have Dr. John singing our theme song. Come on. My boy, my Curious George. You know, I love that guy. You know, and another New Orleans guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can't go wrong there. And those stories, and I like the way they looked. I like the way that that the sort of primary colors, not quite primary colors. I don't know what you would call those, but they, it's just looks so cool. It pops for sure. It really, really does. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, with the, with the mouse, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, we're on our like fourth iteration of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. And it just, just keeps on going. And, uh, you know, the guys are great that, that make it, you know, Mark Seidenberg and uh, just uh, all the way down the line. Mm -hmm. And the, the creativity is so strong and so potent. You know, and the people are so good. It's just a joy, you know, and uh, you know, I, I, and it's fun to be what passes for the bad guy. It's it's almost like a more mostly like a selfish, boorish goober, yeah. as opposed to a villain. But uh, you know, everything's so hunky dory in Mickey's world. You know, Donald's a, a bit cranky, but that's it. You know, so I get to come in and and provide the uh, the sass, and and it's just a lot of fun. You know, like and, said, and people respond to it so so beautifully over the years. Like I said, we can tell when you guys are having fun and you guys are mm -hmm. sitting here making magic, man, we're picking it up. We can tell yeah. when we're just throwing an actor in there to get a big name. We can tell when guys like yourself are sitting here putting into a position to really shape not so much somebody's childhood, but probably somebody's life. I told uh, I told Alan Burnett, you know, not too long ago, I was like, all of this shit that I surround myself with on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, there's, there's not much Darkwing Duck stuff out there. They haven't done any of the rescuers as far as these pops go and all that other shit. So I'm hoping that one day we'll get a more big catalog, at least from what you have done. There's Pooh out there. There's Tigger out there. So there's those. Um, mm -hmm. but, but if it wasn't for people like you and everybody else that I've talked to, man, I could be into anything. I could be into Twilight, for God's sakes, and nobody wants that. Yeah. Nobody wants to sit there and see a shitty vampire movie they sparkle when they go out nobody wants to see that shit right so yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at the end of the day man i can't do anything other than thank you for making oh. such a huge huge impact on my life as not so much as a child but as an adult as well because i get to share these same memories mm -hmm. these same shows these same cartoons these same voices with a little 10 year old downstairs man and, yeah. and like i said i can't well, thank great. you enough thank you well i appreciate that i really do julian i i it's funny because, you know, I'll, I've done tons of conventions, not lately, but uh, they're starting back up, thank goodness, which because I, I love them. I love doing it. And, you know, I'll be there and uh, like, well, like last month I did one and there was this girl, she comes up and in this screaming good Darkwing Duck cosplay and she's 11. Mm -hmm. And I said, what, 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 you know, and, and then this has happened from day one for like 10 last past 10 years. I've been doing these conventions. There'll be a five-year-old and he'll be cosplaying Darkwing. Uh, you know, dad will come up and he'll slap down a big stack of Darkwing DVDs. <laughs> and he goes, we're raising them right. <laughs> <laughs> I go, yes, you are. And uh, this last little girl, she was 10, cutest. You could, you can't even imagine it. And I think I put it on my, uh, my Instagram or, or, uh, my Twitter page, you know, she's there cute as a button. And, um, and 
you know, sure enough, she got Disney Plus when it first came out. Uh, like it's been out for months now, like six mm -hmm. months maybe. And I said, well, how could she know about this? She goes, well, we were going through and uh, and I checked and look, and I and I said, oh, look, honey, uh, Harriet or what, what her name was. Look, this is a show daddy used to watch when he was getting, you, you want to see it? You want to see this show? It's called Darkwing Duck. And she's nuts. She, she sat down and watched every single one of them. He said it took her like three days, but she said she would come running over from school and she would watch Darkwing just like, just like her dad did. Yeah. And I thought, that's too cool for words. You know, that stuff it makes my day. It just, I get gooey, you know, and realizing that it, that it can transcend it because it's not of its time. I think things that are class, classy and timeless, classic and timeless are just that. They're classic and timeless. Yeah. You know, if it's funny now, it'll be funny then. If it's good now, it'll be good then. If it was good then, it'll be good now. And, and the fact that people still glom onto it and it's really, really a strong presence yeah. boggles my mind. It, I just love it. Well, take we, we we talked about a couple fart jokes in here and an orifice joke. Yes. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I did the same thing. I watched uh, we watched the first season not too long ago of Darkwing Duck when Disney Plus came on. Um, oh yeah! In the very first episode. Uh, <laughs> oh no! What did I do? Uh, well, you're talking about tossing salad, and for uh, do you know do you know what that reference? <laughs> The first episode when you're fighting the professor of botany, you're like, time to toss this salad. I'm like, holy shit. And I look at my wife and I'm like, you heard that, right? And she's like, what? And I had to explain to her what it meant. <laughs> so you hear shit as a little kid, right? And then you go and become an adult and then you're like, holy shit. And who Did... was he fighting? Bushroot? Yeah. <laughs> it was the very yeah. first episode. I want to say it's like 10 or 12 minutes in. Oh, it, it made my day to see that and not only find out that, you know, we're talking poop jokes and fart jokes and all these other different types of jokes that you kind of gotten to get in. I hope that one was one of those ones you got to get into. But nonetheless, man. Yeah, I don't even think I could take credit for that. I think they wrote it sincerely, you know, like like beat him up, like yeah, you're going to beat the salad up, you know. Yeah. Oh, God, well, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I did not remember that one. That's I'll put that one in the lexicon. Yeah, if you ever, like I said, it's in the very first episode. It's not even, I think it's like halfway through that episode. Just go check it out. It made my day. I was laughing. I was having a shitty day. I can remember that. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, and and seeing that, I'm like, oh man, everything is coming up Millhouse at this point. Well, sir, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to keep you too much longer. This has been fun. This has been entertaining. Oh, like I said, great. you've been one of the best guests I've had on here. Um, where can people find you if they want to say, hey, James, I loved your show. Obviously, conventions are coming up, but where can we drive traffic to so they can come and see you? Uh, well, let's see. I'm, uh, I'm, on, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm okay. on Instagram. You know, all the usual things. Facebook is uh, like a weird thing, but yeah. it's like mostly family on there now. But, uh, but yeah, that's, I'm out there. I'm not, I'm not the biggest social animal in the world. Mm -hmm. but there's uh i i have an intern now helps me out and i've, I've got uh jim's jim cummings world it's on the interwebs i think okay <laughs> and uh you can stop and say hi there so yeah all right man like i said it's been fantastic man he's been james all right Ooh, tigger darkwing duck insert any crazy cartoon that we loved as kids man i've been julian this is good <laughs> and we're out of time james thank you again so much i really appreciate it be well. Stay tuned. Two O's. Thank you. Stay dangerous, bro. <laughs> you take right. it easy. Thank you. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. 
That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.